Before uh, we embark on our new material, let's take a moment and do a quick review, just highlighting some of the things we mentioned in part one of this message. We were looking at Leviticus chapter 6, three verses in particular. Verse 9, which says, Give Aaron and his sons this command. These are the regulations for the burnt offering. The burnt offering is to remain on the altar hearth throughout the night till morning, and the fire must be kept burning on the altar. Verse 12, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning, the priest is to add firework and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. And verse 13, the fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. So we saw in part one of our message that there's a fire here to consider, and there's some questions we need to ask as we consider the fire. The first two questions were, number one, what is this fire, or what does it represent? And we looked at different people in the Bible who had uh, encountered fire, uh, like Moses and Elijah and the disciples on the uh, Emmaus Road, and Jeremiah and John the Baptist and uh, John the disciple, and and we found that the fire represents the very powerful presence of God. And then the second area, or the second question that we asked was, whose responsibility is it to keep the fire burning? And we concluded that we are all responsible because we are, as believers in Jesus Christ, we are counted as priests uh, under Christ. And so... Everyone has a responsibility. And with that in mind, uh, I want us to move on to what we see in the rest of this message that I think will speak to our hearts, particularly in a personal way and also in a very practical way. What does the fire represent? It represents God's presence. Who's to keep the fire burning? Well, we are called to, to all of us to help keep the fire burning. So we're all responsible. So this message is entitled, On Fire. On Fire. Let's pray before we move into part two of our message. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. And thank you for listening ears and attentive hearts. People who are here today to listen and to gain uh, knowledge and to, to uh, receive power and encouragement from your word. And we pray, Lord, that the words spoken and heard will be words that you would intend for us to have and that they will change us and transform us and, and encourage us to go forward in your mighty name. For we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. On fire. So question number three is simply, how do we keep the fire burning? Well, I'm going to use a personal example, if you don't mind. Barbara and I were married in January of 1968. Now, I noticed some of you uh, were still newlyweds. But I think personally that in that short amount of time, 
I've learned the secret to marriage. And if I hadn't learned it myself, I would have learned it from a man by the name of H. Norman Wright, who put it in the title of his great book, titled Communication, The Key to Marriage. Barb usually likes to talk with me, and I found I enjoy talking with her, and sometimes we sit down and we just kind of talk about things that are going on in our lives. Uh, how was your day today, or how, what were you doing today, or where have you gone today? Maybe things like, how are things at this store, or that store, or this restaurant, or that restaurant, or at the post office, or who knows where? Or maybe, what are your plans for the weekend, or what are we going to do, or can I do something to help you? Uh, that one I use rarely, but well, I do use it now and then. But what would happen, really, if we didn't communicate with one another at all, ever? What if we just saw each other briefly in the morning and said a quick hello, have a good day, and went about our day? What if when I came home in the evening, I just uh, plopped down in front of the television or maybe some other screen, and I wait for her to finish cooking my supper? Well, you know what would happen then. That's right, I would get real hungry. We, we, we would begin to lose touch with one another, and I wouldn't know what her needs are, and we wouldn't know each other's expectations, and how would that make us feel toward one another? You see, I believe my wife would be very disappointed in me if I didn't spend some time talking with her, showing her how much I care about her things, and especially by listening to her. And I want to just say here, this is my disclaimer, I'm no great role model as a husband, <laughs> as a father, as a grandfather, but I want every man who's listening to me today to listen and learn how to be communicative. How do you think our Lord feels when we don't spend quality time talking with him. How do you think he feels when we say one of those quickie prayers in the morning and then we kind of forget to, to, to converse with him at any time other than that during the rest of the day? I have a number in my head and I want to share the number with you. Let's say you have 86000 $400 in your bank account, and if you do, you're lucky. I'm happy for your blessing. And, and somehow, someone got into that account and they stole $60 from you. Would you be upset and throw all the $86,340 that's left? Would you throw that away in hope of getting that person that took your $60? Or would you eventually just move on and live? I think most would say, I would just move on and live. See, we have 86,460 uh, uh, seconds in every day. Let me repeat that, 86,400 seconds in every day. 
So don't let someone else's negative 60 seconds ruin the rest of the 86,340. And don't carry that small stuff over and over. Life is bigger than that, and I'm convinced so are you. Now, as I think of that number, 86,400, I think of the number of seconds in each day of our lives. How many do we spend communicating with our good, good father? 86,400 seconds in every day. On fire. Are you on fire? How do we keep that fire burning? How do we make it real? Well, I'm going to suggest the first way is we pray. As I've just been saying, this communication, this talking with God throughout the day, and we had a wonderful message on that just uh, in our last uh, uh, message here. And, and Lord, I, I, you know, I feel I've got a difficult day coming on, so I need help. Or I'm in a situation, Lord, and I really need you. Help me out. Help me out. Or, 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 or Lord, show me where you are working and empower me to join in that work that you've already started. And I want to be part of something bigger than myself. And I need your power. I, we need it in our home, in our marriage, in our, in our community, maybe in our church. And just, just help us out, Lord. These are the kind of prayers that we're so prone to pray. And there's nothing wrong with those prayers. Uh, but that's about all that it amounts to many times. Lord, maybe we should pray, Lord, here's a lonely person. Here's a person that's hurting, really hurting. Show me how to be your servant. Show me how to help that person out. Show me how to look beyond the borders of my own life and invest in someone else. You see, as we talk with him through the day, we grow closer to him. We can be in a constant attitude and atmosphere of prayer in our own lives. That's one way to keep the fire burning. What is it? Prayer. Now, there's a second way to keep the fire burning, and it might be obvious to you, or it may not be. So I'm just going to suggest that we remind ourselves that a great way to keep the fire burning is by hearing the Word of God. You're doing that right now. You see, prayer is primarily us talking to God. And I know at other times he talks with us in prayer. But it's mostly us talking to God. So we turn to his word to hear from him. That's God talking to us. And you see, that's part of the communication process. Not just hearing us, but also hearing him. Listen, folks, the word of God will keep you from sin and from drifting. But sin and drifting will keep you from the word of God. So we need the word of God. You see, your burning with his fire will keep you in his word. It'll keep drawing you back for more and more and more. But your growing cold will keep you from it. It should be that we spend some dedicated time in studying and meditating on God's Word. And when we come away from it, our hearts are burning from having spent time with Him. And we have that desire to know more so that we can be more, so that we can do more. 
To not have time for God is not a time problem. It's a love problem. Remember that in this whole idea of communicating. Well, there's a third way to keep the fire burning, and it's what I call in Christian service. We could have put another label on that very easily, but let me give you a real example from, uh, from a true life story. Dr. George W. Truitt was for 47 years the pastor at First Baptist Church, Dallas. He told the story about a young man who began to visit the church. He got interested in the church. He got involved in the church. He was there, very, very faithful. And he was there every time the doors opened. And, but as time went by, the young man began to miss a service here or there just every once in a while. And after some more time, he was attending maybe about once a month. And soon, he was hardly ever seen at the church. This went on for quite some time, and then one day the young man went to visit Dr. Truett at his office. And he said to Dr. Truett, Sir, I don't know what's happened to me, but I've lost that fire that I once had when I started coming here and being part of the church. Dr. Truett, can you help me? So Dr. Truett, the loving pastor, told the young man that he'd like to help him, but he said, right now, at the moment, I have a meeting that I need to attend and I've got to be moving on. But he said, I wonder if you would do a favor for me. He said, I wonder if you would do this for me and then report back. One of our members, who lives right down the street from the church, we haven't seen him for a few days, and that's unusual. And I wonder if you would mind just taking a walk down to his home and check on him. And when you get back, I should be able to spend some more time with you. The young man said, well, Dr. Truett, uh, I'd be glad to do that. So he got the number of the house and started down the street. Got to the young man, to the, uh, young man got to the house and he knocked on the door and he heard a voice from inside say, come in. And he entered the house and he saw a very elderly gentleman sitting by the window and he noticed right away that this man was blind or was uh, v very limited in sight. And the young man said, Dr. Truett asked me to come by and check on you. Hope you're doing okay and I hope everything's all right. And the gentleman said to the young man, yes, things are okay and I really appreciate you stopping by to check on me. So the young man said, is there anything I can do for you? Is there anything that would please you that I, I could do while I'm here? And the gentleman said he would like for the young man to read the Bible to him. He said, I believe the Bible's sitting right over here. And you can just turn to where the bookmark is, and that's where the last person stopped reading. So the young man opened the Bible. As it were, the Bible had been read recently, and it opened to Romans, the eighth chapter. You may be familiar with a lot of it. And he began to read to this elderly gentleman. Now, there's a lot of great stuff in Romans chapter 8. It's just replete 
with wonderful messages to the believer. Let me just give you a few. In verse 1 it says, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. In verse 14 it says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And then over in verse 28 we read, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And down in verse 31 it says, If God is for us, who can be against us? And in 35 it said, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And in 37 and 38 and 39 he was reading, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors, through the one who loved us, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. When the young man finished reading, tears were flowing down his face. He looked over at the gentleman and tears were in his eyes as well. The two men hugged one another and the older gentleman thanked the young man for his visit and invited him to come back any time and the young man said, yes, I'd like to do that and spend some time with you. Well, he left the gentleman's home and he made his way back up the street toward the church and he went into uh, Dr. Truitt's office area. And when he had a chance to meet Dr. Truitt, he simply said these words. Sir, I'm okay now. I got the fire back. On fire. How do we keep that fire burning? Through prayer, through Bible study, and through Christian service. Ask God what you can do. There is something all of us can do. And all of us don't have to do the same thing. What God has for you to do for him might be something no one is doing at all in the kingdom of God in your area or in your church or in your community. You see there are needs all around us. We just need to ask God to open our eyes. You need to ask God to empower you to do the work that he has already begun so that you may be part of it. So we've seen that fire represents God's presence. We're all responsible for keeping the fire burning. We keep the fire burning through prayer, through hearing God's word, and by Christian service in Christ's name. Finally, oh, oh, finally, why? Why do we keep the fire burning? Let me give you three quick reasons. First, because God says so, and he knows best. You know, when I was li still living at home after returning from college, I, I knew that as long as I put my feet under my dad's dining table, I'd better do what he told me to do. Now, he never bossed me around, and he never put unfair expectations on me. For that, I'm thankful. But as long as I was in his house, I fully understood that I lived by his rules, by his standards, and by his values. 
And as long as we enjoy the benefits of being Jesus followers, what are those benefits? Love, salvation, grace, purpose, forgiveness. Don't you think we certainly ought to do what he asks of us? And this wonderful King Forever says, don't let the fire go out. It's difficult sometimes to keep the fire burning, isn't it? It's difficult sometimes to keep the fire burning. Look, go back in history and imagine the priests of old as they're walking through the desert carrying that flame. There had to be times when they thought, this is too difficult. Let's just put the fire out and keep a coal or two. We can get it started back up, but God said, don't let it go out. So they kept the fire going. Reliable Jewish scholars tell us that the children of Israel kept the fire burning for well over a thousand years until the kingdom was taken over by the Babylonians. And up until that time, it was kept burning because they were obeying God. They themselves were on fire for God. Now, the second reason we need to keep the fire burning is because there are still people living in darkness who are looking for the light. And we need to take them the fire of his presence and his love and his mercy so they may be led by that light. You know, there used to be a day many years ago when Christians openly and unashamedly would share their faith without any reservation. In those days, it only took maybe two or three, maybe five or six people, who knows, to influence another person to faith in Christ. And I don't know how many it would take today. Maybe it takes 10, maybe it takes 50, I don't know, to influence someone into faith in Jesus Christ. And you see these things and you know it's true and you say, what's happened? Where are we? Has the fire gone out totally? Well, I would suggest that it has not. No, it hasn't. But at times I fear that it gets dangerously low. The number one reason we should keep the fire burning is because God said so. The number two reason we should keep the fire burning is because people are still lost and without hope for eternity. And there is a third and final reason to keep the fire burning, and I cannot, I cannot overemphasize how important this is. Listen very carefully. And right where you are, and right as you're listening, just help me here a little bit. How many of you that I'm speaking with have children? How many of you have grandchildren? How many of you are blessed in such a way that, that you have great-grandchildren? And maybe someone listening to this message even has great-great-grandchildren. Wonderful, wonderful. I think that is awesome. Do you know why we should keep the fire burning? And oh, I can't tell you how important this is. We need to keep the fire burning for those who will come behind us. As Steve Green wrote and sang more than 30 years ago, 
after all our hopes and dreams have come and gone, and our children sift through all we've left behind. May the clues that they discover and the memories they uncover become the light that leads them to the road we each must find. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe, and the lives we live inspire them to obey. Oh, 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 oh. Though may all who come behind us find us faithful. In all honesty, dear friends, we need to drop to our knees and say, Lord, flame up that fire in me. Make me the man or the woman of God that I need to be. Keep that fire burning on fire, on fire, on fire. Keep that fire burning. Let's pray. I know as I prepare to pray with you that there are those who are hurt, hurting, lonely, depressed, facing medical decisions and situations beyond your control, family issues that are just unsettled, sorrow, the fire in the heart is low, the fire may be out. Perhaps you need a Savior. And I'm going to ask you to do something special even after I pray and even after I leave you that you go up into the right-hand corner of your screen and click on the Connect card and give us some information about yourself and about any decision that you've made as a result of this message and as a result of this invite right now to come to Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. If you would do that and send that along to us, we will be in touch with you and we would be so happy to pray for you and to lift you up before the throne of grace. And now as we pray, Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the privilege of sharing the gospel. We thank you for the privilege of looking into your word and we thank you for the great honor it is to represent you before so many people. We pray that every single person listening is listening intentively and, and on purpose and that lives may be changed and hearts may be turned and eternities may be secured. And all of this because of you and because of the price that's been paid by your son, the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. Thank you for that. We bless you and we honor you and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.